Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus. You are tuned in to the Loan Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my main man, JC. John Coleman. Yo, what is poppin'? Ooh, I'm feeling fortunate, John. Are you? Yes. Why? If anyone's tuned in on YouTube right now, you can see the centerpiece is this lovely gold gift bag. Some pretty awesome high-end balloons. They're not filled with helium, so you can't suck them in. They were at one time filled with helium, I believe. If not, maybe they had sticks. I had this like bouquet of balloons when I got back to the office. See, recently I was up in Washington, D.C. And I was with the Mortgage Bankers Association. I was with about 400 mm-hmm. fellow mortgage bankers representing 30-plus other states. Okay. We marched on Capitol Hill. We advocated for the things that matter to us and our clients. When I came back, I realized I missed a party back at the office. Oh, word. You were at that party. I wouldn't call it a party. Okay, well, when the CEO flies in. Oh, snap. He was there. Shout out Jeff McGinnis. Yeah, when the CEO flies in, Mm -hmm. literally, like, pimp move, flew in, landed, spent three hours at the office, then Mm -hmm. flew home to celebrate our 15-year anniversary. And my happy butt was up in Washington, D.C., advocating on behalf of the industry that I love and support when everyone back in Winter Park, Florida, was celebrating 15 years of bliss. Conjunction, junction, what is your function? Yeah, so we weren't in on this. Like, my two partners and I totally weren't weren't in on this. We thought we were showing up to the monthly branch meeting. Well, mm-hmm. not, not me, because I was out of town. Mm-hmm. They thought they were sell, uh, showing up to the monthly branch meeting, and it was. But there's also a celebration. So I think uh, I think they have, like, David some J's. Some fresh J's. Mike, Mike got some, uh, like. Fake turkey, because he likes killing real ones. Yeah, it was like a, some kind of, like, a turkey call mechanism some, that helps during turkey some hunting man season. Some wild weirdo shit. Yeah, he got one. Yep. And then I came into, like, a bouquet of balloons, a gold gift bag. I looked in the gold gift bag. They said $300 travel va- voucher. What? Yeah. For, to where? Where are we going? It says Virgin on it, so maybe airlines, maybe Vir- cruises. What? Yes. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what 300 bucks will buy you and I, but it's going to get me at least a plane Nothing. ticket. It's going to upgrade one of us to have unlimited drinks on the cruise. That's what it's going to do. Beautiful. Shout out again to everyone who came out to the Learn, Yo, Earn, real and, talk. and Grow event down in Palm Beach Gardens. Yeah, shout out to our partners, Urban Young Insurance, Trident Title, yeah. Corey Johnson with Waterstone Mortgage. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal event. It was awesome. our third event. And as you put it last night when we were coming back from the event, you're like, that was kind of like episode 30 for us. Yeah. And for anyone who has tuned in to 300 plus episodes of what we've done, it was like episode 41 before we kind of found our groove that was like the episode that put us on the map. Mm-hmm. Like still today, that's the episode that has like 70,000 YouTube downloads. And you thought, you know what? This third event that we've done, because we've done Tampa, we've done Orlando, very much beta, mm-hmm. very much guinea pig. Hey, mm-hmm. we had this idea. Let's go ahead and um, pour some water on it, fertilize a little bit, see what happens. Mm-hmm. Palm Beach Gardens was by far mm-hmm. the better of the three events. Mm-hmm. And I'm super excited. This next one. That we're going to be doing in Jacksonville, Florida in May. Yep. Um, it's going to be a Tuesday. Instead of doing 8.30 in the morning until like 12.30, mm-hmm. we're going to do it at like 11.30 in the morning Ooh. until like 3.30 or 4.30. Lunchtime. Yep. Um, so we're partnering up with uh, Cross Country Mortgage. I think um, 
where it's another mortgage company, Fiber Mortgage maybe it's called, and uh, a title company. Nice. Yep, they're sponsoring the event. I think the Mortgage Bankers Association of Jacksonville is going to circle around it. Uh Uh-oh. You know what was awesome? Yesterday in the audience Mm -hmm. was the president of the Mortgage Bankers Association of Florida. No. Yeah, Doug Lever. So shout out to Doug Lever. Thanks, Doug. Doug Lever, I think he runs like Tropicana Credit Union's mortgage division. Okay. Which they're out of South Florida. So for Doug, it was only an hour drive to get up there. But he stayed the whole time. Already emailed me. Loved the event. Nice. Yeah, even had a question. He said, hey, man, by the way, uh, one of the the presenters covered X, Y, and Z. I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Oh, okay. Yeah, so um, no, another cool event. Be on the lookout. Go to tloponline.com. That is where John is going to post all the details to the Jacksonville event. It should be up there. End of this week, beginning of next week, time frame. Mm -hmm. uh, Because we're still trying to solidify the actual address and the actual location. Okay. But we do know the date. Yeah. So, Washington, D.C. I go up there. It's my favorite event of the year. It is the National Advocacy Conference. Here's why I love this event. We break up into groups. And we get to go meet with our Congress people and our senators. We get to sit down with them or sometimes their legislative aides, which is many times who you want to get in front of. And we get to talk about the things that are important to us, our industry, our clients, sometimes even like talking about specific bills that are currently uh, up for vote and let them know why we think they should vote for it or against it and what our stance is because we are the schmees, right? We are the subject matter experts, not that congressman who has a law degree or not, not that senator whose, whose background may have been in uh, marketing and not in mortgage before getting into politics, right? So we get to sit down and we get to talk to them. So for me, I'm in Florida. I legitimately went and I sat down with Marco Rubio's office. Crazy story. I actually got to meet Marco Rubio in the basement of the Senate building when we were trying to make our way back to the Capitol building. By the way, John, you may or may not know this. There is a underground train system that will take you from the Senate buildings to the to the Capitol, mm-hmm. Capitol to the House buildings, etc. But if you're not with an aide or a congressperson or a senator, you're not allowed to use that train system. There's an underground train system beneath the Denver airport. Okay, there's also an underground system at Disney if we want to go down this rabbit I mean, hole. What the, are we, Jerry Maguire? No, the one at uh, the Denver airport is about aliens and shit. Oh, that's right. My son tried to tell me something like that, and I kind of tuned him out. Is it hard? Like, if I'm just a loan officer, it's like I just started maybe a year in the industry, can I attend these events, or do you need some sort of status? Is to- your company a member of the Mortgage Bankers Association? I would hope so. I would hope so, too, and nope, you can join it. Okay. Literally, I'm going to take my son. I may actually ask my employer to onboard my son, even if it's just for a week, as an intern at minimum wage. Mm-hmm. For 10 hours a week, just so I can bring him. Because he's 18, he'll be 19 next Mm -hmm. year, freshman in college. He would love this, and I want him to experience this. This is the one time we have a voice. Y'all who sit at home, y'all who watch the garbage national news and and read news publications as if it's like the truth, and then you bitch and complain that you don't have a voice and no one's listening to you. No, 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 you have a voice. You're just not using it. This event, this conference, this one day is our opportunity to flex our voices. And that's why I love it. And that's why I'm, I'm so passionate about it. And yeah, and my son does have a keen interest in it. I do want 
mm. to expose him to at a young age. He might not do it in the mortgage industry. He's planning on going to UCF to obtain a degree in mechanical engineering. But that doesn't mean that he doesn't want to flex his voice to whatever industry it is that he ends up in mm. and the industry he ends up supporting or maybe even the company that that he works for. Maybe he wants to one day advocate or lobby for that particular company. Mm -hmm. But anyhow, you guys probably want to hear why we are meeting with these people. What were we saying to them? What were we talking about? What were we advocating? What are you guys going to do to drop interest rates? You guys are killing my bottom line. I'm charging too many bips over here. Can you fix it? Some people would have liked us to, to say that, John, but we didn't. That's kind of out of their control, right? That's not what they do, but I can talk about the things that we do want them to be aware of and we do want them to either vote yay on or to propose legislation on. That's what we're there for. Hey, look, HR 1059 is currently on the House floor. We support HR 1059 and we think you should support it too. The By hell? the way, HR 1059 yeah. includes language making remote online notarization or RON or the ability to basically go to a closing from your computer and not have to actually show up like it's 1992 <laughs> with blue ink yeah. and sign a bunch of documents. We're trying to make it to where it's just federally allowed. It's been a state issue up until now. And we're like, look, if, can we just get the House and the Senate and then eventually the president to, to propose and sign off on legislation that just says, hey, guys and girls, this shit is good. This is good for the American public. This is safe and we should allow remote online notarization. The problem is when we're saying yay to this, there's some good old boy Bubba in a state like Arkansas who he owns a title company and it's going to hurt his bottom line to offer this type of technology. So he's spending his lobby dollars trying to tell his local politicians why this is bad, why this is evil. Because to him, he's like, he's going to lose business the minute people have to quit showing up to his office mm -hmm. to sign the disclosures and the documents and to have it notarized with that stamp that you've seen every notary mm -hmm. use and they have to sign on top of the stamp. But we do things like that. We don't do things like, hey, guys and girls, interest rates suck and nobody's buying houses and my bottom line really? is hurting. Now, we do educate them. Hey, they should know what's going on in the mortgage business. They should know that rates have gone from three and a half to seven. They should know that mortgage companies are hemorrhaging money. Many are being forced into acquisition. Many are being forced into um, merger or just you know going out of business. And mm -hmm. by many, many is a relative term, many compared to the last 10 years, mm -hmm. right? The most we've seen in a decade, this is happening right now. Sure, it, we are the boots on the ground. We are the Schmees. We need to educate them, but that wasn't what we were advocating uh, on behalf. What we were advocating on behalf, I'm going to get to. Uh, our last episode, look, I was fired up. Mm -hmm. Okay, we got into LLPAs. We got into fake news. Mm -hmm. We got into reality. Cool. Occasionally, I'm going to let myself do that. And even then, I hope I did a good enough job of staying neutral. Mm -hmm. I'm a pretty moderate person. I'm a pretty neutral person. I tell everyone I am purple. Purple. Literally, I am purple. <laughs> but what was really cool and something I do believe in, I believe our congressmen and our senators, our congresspeople, they are all on the same team. They are on team power. They are on team money. They are on team themselves. Now, they have to politic towards their certain voting blocks. They're people who give them money so they can stay in power, and then they can use that power to pad their pockets. I believe in that. Right? You may call me a cynic. Cool, call me a cynic. But when they go out on stage 
They have to act like so-and-so's the enemy and we don't get along. I call BS. I saw them. I was happy to see Lindsey Graham and Elizabeth Warren having a cordial conversation, laughing like the old friends that they probably are, catching up on their family and, and talking about their, their, their like friend group, right? I, but it very much is to me WWE, fake wrestling. WWF, Dustin. WWF, fake wrestling back in the day where we were led to believe that Randy Macho Man Savage didn't like Dusty Rhodes. No, no, Mankind no. really broke his nose on that power. Yeah, I'm sure that happens. <laughs> Mistakes happen, right? I mean, yeah. even when you play fight, you're, someone's going to get hurt. Yep. Didn't your mom tell you that? Y'all yep. keep that up and someone's going to get hurt. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, someone's going to get hurt. Mom, but we're having a lot of fun right now. Yeah. yeah, so I believe that most of what we see on TV is what the WWF fans back in the day or the WWE fans today see in the ring. Oh, He's a hero and she's a heel and they're going at it. But yeah. they go they go backstage and, have, and they're shotgun and beers. Yeah, doing pain meds together. Doing same pain shit. meds together, <laughs> talking about what they're gonna do the one week out of the year they get to take a vacation. So question for you, side note. So if you see it's all an act, how can you believe all the other stuff they say if you know twenty five percent of it is just for show? And I mean I, I just gotta get life. I don't that, believe it, it, everything is fake. We've known that for, for hundreds of, of years, you know, centuries. That That's why they call it, oh, yeah, that person's a politician. That person is politicking. That's why we use those adjectives. That. Okay. Well, I would love to do that. I know you for are. For six this, this, to 12 years. This is going to be your I, next career. I would after. love to be a congressman representing the great state of Florida. Out of Tampa because no that's where you're going to live. No one would ever vote me in because I'm a moderate. Times are going to change. Okay. Well, we'll see. I'd, I'd run as a GDI, goddamn independent. Oh, I thought that was like G.I. Joe. I thought that stood for something else. No, no. But anyhow, so let me get to the nuts and the bolts and we can hop off this show. Get ready for our next one. Yay. All right, so things that, that we were advocating before, because y'all should know this. Yes, we were advocating on behalf of Ron. Every year for the past, I don't know how many years, and every year going forward, we are going to advocate for affordable housing. Right? And there's always legislation that's being uh, presented being voted on, being drafted, that talks about affordable housing. And everybody, there ain't no one in America that doesn't want affordable housing. That's like saying, do you want to help the little old lady make sure that she can pay her bills and, and live her life? Yes, everyone wants to do that. Do you want to help this mentally disabled child make sure they get the proper education and the proper health care? Yes. Ain't nobody going to stand up and say, I don't want to do that. So nobody wants to be on the wrong side of affordable housing. But at the end of the day, affordable housing, y'all need to understand, that's going to come from your local municipality and your state. Now, maybe the federal government can push grants or push tax credits or push funding to the states that the states will benefit if they use that funding, those grants, or those tax breaks for affordable housing measures. But ultimately, the reason why we can't obtain affordable housing isn't necessarily coming from the, from the federal level. It's coming from your local municipality or your state. But please know that we were up there. And we were advocating on behalf. In fact, John Rutherford, one of the representatives that we met with out of the great state of Florida, up in the Jacksonville uh, uh, market, he has legislation that, that he is um, co-authoring where he basically wants to create, my words, not his, a home loan much like the VA home loan. 100% financing for primary home purchases only, no monthly mortgage insurance, no money down, with a funding fee for qualified first responders. Mm. But think about it, if you're a cop, 
if you're a teacher, if you're a firefighter, if you're a nurse, you could have the same access to a loan program very similar to what our veterans or our active duty military have. That would be phenomenal. But we as the NBA need to raise our hand and say, hey, Senator Rutherford, that is amazing. We support that, but we need a framework. Can we help you draft that framework? Because Mr. Rutherford doesn't know anything about home loans. He knows policing. That's what he's done. And now he knows legislating. Mm -hmm. So we have to tell him things like, well, what do you mean by teacher? Does that include a preschool teacher? Does that include a substitute teacher? Is it any teacher or a teacher in good standing or a teacher who has worked at least three years? Mm -hmm. Because with the military, it's not any active duty. It's not any veteran. And then reservists are treated differently for in terms of who's eligible. And all the NBA wants to make sure we have is clear rules that we can follow that across the board are interpreted the same from Spokane, Washington, and Key West and everywhere in between all 400 plus mortgage lenders that are out there, right? So we are going to work with him on that. We support the legislation. We also talked about um, just needing regulatory clarity. Like ever since the CFPB was put into place after the Dodd-Frank Act, all we ask as an industry, we want clarity. We will follow the rules that you put in front of us as long as we those rules make sense and we understand them. But when you go and you start regulating through enforcement, there's no clarity. I didn't even know I was doing something that was looked down upon. But now you're gonna come find me and penalize me? How about you let me know the rules are and I'll play within them. Instead, by history, the CFPB has basically said, hey y'all go out there and be good people. But they don't say what good people means. And then when we do something that they don't deem to be good people, then they want to fine us. Then they want to put us out of business. So that's something that we will always advocate on on behalf. The False Claims Act, there's legislation out there that's going to hopefully make amendments to the False Claims Act. The False Claims Act is over 100 years old. It was basically put in place to make sure that entities weren't defrauding the U.S. government. I'm talking like civil war, right? John Coleman could not send a um, fake invoice to the U.S. government asking the U.S. government to pay him a bunch of money for services that he rendered during wartime when you never rendered those, those services, right? That's what the False Claims Act was about. But after the last financial collapse, the federal government used the False Claims Act to go sue lenders who had government-backed loans, such as FHA loans, go into default. And all of a sudden, banks like Chase and Wells Fargo were getting these hundreds of millions of dollars of penalties because the government claimed that we, we, the banking industry, the mortgage industry, sold them a bunch of loans that were fraudulent or bad. Yeah, it was a money grab. And um, it's not looked upon favorably by guys like Jamie Dimon over at Chase, by the mortgage industry. So when we're up there advocating, we're trying to tell these congressmen and senators, hey, look, we need rules, we need regulations. We're not gonna dispute that. Let's make sure they're clear and fair. And some of the language in the False Claims Act is not fair. And then we had like very small things that we, we talked about. Um, Ives, I-V-E-S, right? Ives is legislation that passed, I believe back in 2019. Here's the deal. We in the mortgage industry have to verify our borrower's employment and their income. For certain borrowers, that requires getting an IRS tax transcript. Basically, I'm like, John, you submitted your 
tax returns to me, your lender. I need to make sure these tax returns aren't BS. I need to audit that what you sent me is actually what you sent the IRS. Do you know right now, in order for us to do that in 2023, we use fax machines? No, you don't. Yeah, fax machines. No, you docu-sign that shit. No, we fax a request to the IRS, at which point the IRS will fax us back the information we need. Smoke or, or we send our borrowers to the IRS office, at which point they need an appointment, they need to wait in line. That doesn't seem And right. they get what they need and then get stamped. So in 2019, the banking industry, the mortgage banking industry, fronted the money and said, we have to help the IRS implement this thing called technology. <laughs> so then we can do this online. Mm -hmm. Well, here's the deal. The IRS is like, yep, we can do it online. Have your borrower, your client, put in the request. What? I'm like, wait a minute. Why are we asking the consumer to do yet something else? Consumers don't buy houses for a living. Consumers don't obtain home loans for a living. It's already a pain in the butt when they have to get all the other documents they need or order the inspection or um, prepare to move or get us our the in information for their banking and their, and their pay stubs and a copy of their ID. We as lenders are already talking to the IRS. We're just using fax machines. Why are you now going to use technology but not make it easier because we're gonna ask the borrower to stop what they're doing and to do something once that they never do again, which is submit information that then has to be sent to the borrower and the borrower has to forward it along to us. So what we are lobbying for is trying to get our senators and our Congress people to say, look, this IVES legislation needs to allow the lender to speak directly to the IRS. Let's cut out the borrower because that would just confuse things, muddy the waters, and put more undue stress on them. The lenders are already talking to the IRS, just using fax machines. Let use, let's let the lenders and the IRS talk now via computers. So that was something that we were lobbying for. And then now the last two. These are the big ones. Uh-oh. And I got into one of these last episode. Okay. But just so you saw, I won't go into it a whole lot this episode. Just so you know. Many of us didn't get to all of those talking points I just shared with you because we got stuck on talking point one and talking point two. Talking point one, trigger leads. These senators and these Congress people need to understand trigger leads are not a good thing for our industry. Love me some trigger leads. Every time I fill out an app, now I get inundated with all these other junk mail. Correct. Now, if you're Equifax, TransUnion, or Experian, uh, 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 the Triopoly, right? It's a Triopoly. There's yeah. only three companies that, that um, can give credit scores yeah. that every bank and lending institution recognizes. Mm -hmm. Okay, they're gonna lobby for it. Uh -uh. Oh, trigger leads are amazing. It gives the consumer access to other offers. Come hop on my yacht. Yeah, wait a minute. So, so lender XYZ just pulled John Coleman's credit, which by the way, our credit report fees throughout the industry just went up 30 to 100%. What, again? Yeah. No, we talked about this I about know. three months ago. Not again. I know. But think about this. I paid my $100 to pull your and your wife's credit. Mm -hmm. And then Equifax, TransUnion, Experian sell that data mm -hmm. to 10 other lenders yep. who, who then call you, sometimes trick you into thinking that you're really me. Mm, that's de de they, they do that. That's deceptive. That's they do that. Wow. And then in order for them to do a loan for you, guess what they have to do? Pull your credit. Pull your credit. So the cycle continues. So the cycle continues. So if I'm Equifax, I'm charging DO a hundred bucks. Then I'm then I'm charging his competitor five dollars, and then I'm charging that competitor a hundred bucks when he pulls the same report for the same borrower. 
What? Yeah. So we were like, listen, y'all. Got it. Listen, congressmen. Lo- listen, senators. This ain't good. This ain't good. At a minimum, right now we have borrowers who have to opt out. No. Let's make them opt in. If a consumer wants to be inundated with a bunch of extra unsolicited inquiries, yes, by all means, let's let them do that. Like when this legislation that allowed trigger leads first happened, I bet we didn't have the internet. I bet we didn't have chat GPT. Look, if you ever want to know about another option, Google it. Go to Google and you can find hundreds of other options for your financing. Question needs. for you. If yes. uh for so say this legislation on trigger leads like they're like, "Yeah, we agree with you. We're going to get rid of it." How long does it take before it actually passes and is like a thing in the real marketplace? I have no idea, John, but I've found with the government nothing happens swiftly okay. or quickly. Right? It could get passed by August, but when does it get implemented? Maybe not so January. Mm-hmm. Right? Cuz you have to get it has to look. Someone has to propose the legislation, then it has to be passed in the house. Passed in the Senate, signed off by the president, right? That's how our three, three-pronged three approach works. Okay. So it could be passed by the House and get caught in the Senate, such as Ron. So Ron, the remote online notarization, has passed the House, the, the, the Senate already. It's just getting caught up in the House. Mm. Um, so, and there's sometimes a back and forth before you get a piece of legislation that everyone agrees on that the president will sign off on. Okay. Because what if the House and Senate agree but the president wants to veto it? Mm. Well, so then you, that's kind of how our legislation works. So I can't really answer that, but it would be easily, I would guess, not to the beginning of the, of the year, best case. Okay. But that's what we were doing. Just so you know, we were advocating. Now, the mortgage brokers have already come out and they're like, hell yeah, abolish trigger leads. But the mortgage bankers are like, hey, abolish trigger leads, except if we already service your loan. Because mortgage servicing is a huge business. So they are, they're like, hey, look, we want to abolish trigger leads, but if I already service your loan, I need to have that ability to monitor your file and to be able to offer you new credit when new credit is if better terms and available to you. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's mortgage servicers wanting to protect their biggest asset, which is the servicing value mm-hmm. of that loan. If you're going to refinance out, they want you to go elsewhere. Yeah. And that's what the NBA is, is pushing for because there is legislation from a Senate, from a congressman in New York where he's already drafted, he wants to abolish trigger leads altogether. The NBA is saying, yes, we want to abolish trigger leads, but let's put the caveat or the carve out in there that allows trigger leads only if you're already a client of mine and only if um, I'm maybe servicing your loan. Okay. Right. So we talked about that. And then that was the first talking point in every meeting I was in. The second one was LLPAs. Now, y'all, we, as the Mortgage Bankers Association, we did not get into the right or the wrong or the debate over whether or not these new LLPA changes, which by the way, for clarity, they were put into your pricing as early as March, as late as April. Okay, I know the national news is like May 1st, May 1st. No, guys and girls, May 1st is for every loan that's delivered to Fannie and Freddie. In order for a loan to be delivered, it would have had to have been closed, funded, and gone through the post-closing QC process. Typically five days it takes for, for, for a loan to get delivered, sometimes 15 days. So May 1st is the date for delivery. These pricing changes that were being blasted all over the internet, all over the national news media with a lot of false narratives, um, we weren't fighting against those. 
Truth be told, we weren't, right? It's a non-issue. At the end of the day, someone with 620 credit still has higher fees and higher rates than 680, which has higher fees and higher rates than 740. All that, all that LLPA change did for the credit score requirement, it gave less of a discount, but still a discount, to good credit, and it penalized less, but still penalized, below average credit. All right, and I know we just did a whole entire episode on that, so that's all I'm gonna have to say. But I do want y'all to know, we advocated like MFers to abolish the proposed LLPA hit for DTIs over 40%. And we gave real life examples. By the way, we gave real life examples of trigger leads. That's why you go as boots on the ground people, as subject matter experts, as the constituents, we could give real life examples. My buddy, Nate Morris, shout out to Nate Morris. Nate literally sat down with a congressman and was like, look, I was pre-approving a borrower just yesterday on the phone. Before I could hang up, they had two other phone calls come in because I pulled their credit and their credit had already been, been sold, that trigger had already been sold. And that borrower was confused and annoyed, right? And we give examples of how the 40 DTI proposed LLPA hit. Basically, if you're for, your DTIs are over 40%, you have to pay a higher fee. That sounds good in theory, maybe, maybe. But we had to tell them, do you know I might not know you as a consumer, John Coleman, or representative so-and-so, or legislative aide so-and-so. If you're getting a home loan with me, I lock in your interest rate two, three, four weeks before your closing. I lock your interest rate based on 28 different factors. Loan size, credit score, debt-to-income ratio, type of home, et cetera, right? I might not know your actual DTI until the day before closing. You know why? And they're like, no, I have no idea why. Well, I don't know what your homeowner's insurance is, John, until you finalize it. You might not be able to finalize a homeowner's insurance until you've done a five-point inspection. And if you live in the state of Florida until you get a wind mitigation on your roof or until we debate the flood zone you are in or are not in. And if your insurance comes in $75 more per month, your DTI may have gone from a 39 to a 41. You might not care. You love the home. You can afford the extra $75 a month in payment and you still qualify. But I care because your interest rate just went up or the fees associated with the interest rate just went up. So I either have to tell you, hey, John, bad news. Your rate's going up an eighth of percent. Now I need to redisclose your loan. And because of TRID, I can't close you for three more days. Now you're gonna blow through your closing date. Or I have to absorb that pricing hit because that pricing is gonna be passed to me by Fannie Mae. If I absorb that pricing as a lender and I absorb that times 10 files a month, I run a business for a living on very thin margins. I can't afford to take those pricing hits. So you know what I'm gonna do, John? What? I'm gonna increase the fees on everybody. I'm gonna figure out what is the median hit that we're taking monthly or quarterly. And spread the joy. And I'm gonna spread that pain out amongst everybody. So now the cost of borrowing goes up on everyone because I can't predict and determine until a day or two before closing whether or not John's DTI is gonna come in at 38.7 or 40.6, right? What if John drives Uber? What if I'm debating my underwriter as to whether or not I can use his Uber income on top of his income working at EA Sports to qualify? And maybe it doesn't really matter whether I use 400 bucks a month in Uber or 600 bucks a month for Uber, because John still qualifies as long as I can use 400. But at 400, your DTI is a 41, and at 600, your DTI is a 38. 
And we don't get to the bottom of that because I was waiting for the IRS to fax me back a document I needed. Sounds, so, yeah. y'all, we didn't touch the LLPA changes as it pertains to credit score, but we crushed, crushed LLPA changes as it pertains to DTI. And here's where we need your help. The industry needs your help. You see, a congressman or a senator, they can't propose legislation that changes LLPAs. That's done through the FHFA. That is Director Thompson, who was appointed by the Biden administration. That is her and her team. But what they can do is send nasty grams. They can send letters. They can, because she, she has to testify in front of Congress annually. So when it's her turn to testify, they can grill her. They can make her feel uncomfortable. They can ask her why that was in the best interest of the American taxpayer, as well as the, the better good of the, of the, of, of the home, um, of, of home buyers. Now she may answer by the way, Hey y'all since 2008, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac have been in conservatorship since 2008. We as legislative, regardless if it was Obama, Bush, Trump or Biden in presidency, we have been talking about needing to get Fannie and Freddie out of conservatorship. We need to recapitalize them and then release them. So these changes that we made to these LLPAs, they were less about helping low to moderate income borrowers. They were less about first generation home buyers. I know we sold it that way to those trade organizations and to those uh, think tanks, but really it was a money grab. Really all we're trying to do is stuff the coffers of Fannie and Freddie so we can one day get them out of conservatorship. Now they're not going to say that on air and in public because they want to make it sound like they're trying to help the, the, the first time home buyer, low to moderate income. And maybe they are, but I don't think they are. I think what they're really trying to do behind the scenes is get Fannie and Freddie released from conservatorship. They need to do that. They need to raise the money. It's hard to just raise people's fees without trying to put some kind of a positive spin, the better good of the, of the group type spin. So what we can do because our senators and congressmen can't do a whole lot legislatively because it comes from director Thompson. We can ask our congressmen and our senators to send letters to the FHFA. And the way that we do that is through our trade organization. So Ma mortgage action Alliance, y'all got to join Ma. John Coleman is going to put a link on the main page of the loan officer podcast.com or also tloponline.com. It's the same exact website. It just has two domains because some people can't follow what TLOP is. Duh, the Loan Officer Podcast. We just shorten it for y'all. TLOP online or the Loan Officer Podcast on the main page, right? The main page is where you also check out what events are coming up that we're going to be either attending or speaking at. He's going to have a link to become a member of Ma. It's free. It takes you no time. But as a member of Ma, Anytime there's something really big and really important, we will reach out to you or Ma will reach out to you. And with three clicks of a button, the already drafted, already approved by our industry letter will be sent to your two senators and your one congressman. On your behalf. On your behalf. So we can stuff their inboxes with action items that matter to us. And this LLPA change is one of those. So the MBA I foresee is going to be drafting a letter they're going to be getting that letter out to the Mortgage Action Alliance. And then all of the members of the Mortgage Action Alliance will then click the two or three buttons to make sure that letter goes to their specific senators and congresspeople. If you're not a part of MA, you can't be a part of the change. If you're not a part of MA, 
your voice is not heard. It's free to do. If you're a fan of the show, if you're a fan of JC, if you're a fan of TLOP, please take the five minutes to become a member of Ma. And know this about Ma, you do have to re-up every single year. So it's not like you can, you can join Ma and then forget about it. No, every year you have to do this. So you may have been a part of Ma in the past. You need to go ahead and, and, and click the couple buttons it takes to renew. And that's all I have to say about that. Well said, Dustin. I did not give you any time to speak today, John. And this went this. way longer than I thought it would. Just like I said it would. But I do appreciate y'all tuning in. I appreciate everybody that came out to the Palm Beach Gardens event. I'm looking forward to doing the event in Jacksonville. When you're on TLOP Online, our buddy Steve Richmond, he has a, a Zoom webinar, webinar mm -hmm. coming up. On public speaking. Yes, where he is going to share his 20 plus years experience of being a nationally recognized speaker, those tips, tricks, and tactics to you all is gonna be given for free. It's a one hour Zoom webinar. We have the information and the sign up on our website, TLOP Online, so check that out. Become members of MA. If you're in the greater Jacksonville area or within a two hour driving distance, so our friends in Valdosta, our friends in Savannah, our friends in Gainesville, our friends oh, yeah. in, no in flow. Tallahassee. No flow. Yeah. Come hang out with us. Come come meet JC. I come mean. listen to Steve speak. Come learn from Mike Smalley. Come get your picture with me if you care to break your camera. Right? But keep tuning in. Keep sharing. That is all the time we have for you today. But we will catch you on the next episode.